Second Samuel chapter 13 and chapter 12, David was confronted by the prophet, story of David and Bathsheba. The prophet said to David, with a prepared speech after the parable, thus says the Lord, and that began in chapter 12, verse number 7. And then the prophet continues, Ko amar Hashem, thus says the Lord in verse number 11. And in verse number 11, I will establish, the prophet speaks in God's name, the evil will come from your own house. I will take your wives and give them over to your friend. And your friend, he will sleep with your wives publicly. You acted in stealth. But I, says God, will, when I act towards you, it will be neged Hashemesh. As the sun shines. In other words, it will be obvious, it will be public, transparent. And David's response, And David said to Nathan, I have sinned unto God. God has, what am I say, removed, uh, God has commuted your sin, you will not die. Now, when the prophet says God has commuted your sin, one could think that, okay, you said you're sorry, everything is fine and dandy, it's as if it never happened. But that's not what happens in the book of Samuel. In the book of Samuel, many bad things will happen to David, and the statement, the evil will come from your own house, is true as we move forward in the story. From your own house, the evil will come. Someone will take your wives. The taking of the wives, of course, we know, is not merely a personal act. The taking of the wife, the taking of the mistress, the taking of the concubine is a political act. There's a hint over here that someone else is going to try to displace you and the someone else will come from your own house. Turns out the someone else, of course, is his son, Avshalom. I would add David's beloved son, Avshalom. And the story of Avshalom is introduced in chapter 13. This is the story of Avshalom and Amnon. These chapters, book of Samuel in general, but these chapters in particular, require very deep study. And the point of these sessions is to hopefully interest everybody in studying these stories much more deeply. These are compelling stories. These are some of the great stories of the Bible. Chapter 13 begins by saying, After all this, after the story of David and Bathsheba, after the successful war against Ammon, which concludes chapter 12, the David-Bathsheba story is a story within a story. And at the end of chapter 12, chapter 12, verse number uh, 24, we have the birth of Solomon. The child that's born from the union 
when she was married to Uriah Hachiti dies, then they have a second child, whose name is Solomon. He's also called Yedidya, the beloved of God. And that's the last we hear of that child in the book of Samuel. And then the end of the chapter, the, the war is brought to a successful completion. And now chapter 13, after all this, we are told the following. Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister. She was loved by Amnon, the son of David. Notice that the verse emphasizes the son of David. So there are two sons of David in this verse. One is Absalom, Absalom, and the other is Amnon. Earlier in the biographies, we know who they are. Amnon is David's eldest son. Absalom is son number three. Son number two never figures in the David story. So essentially, these are the two main potential successors to the throne in terms of age. We should never forget in this book the political side. There's the personal and there's the political, and at all times, we must keep both in mind. Now, when it says Absalom had a sister, the son of David had a sister named Tamar, and she's beloved by Amnon, the son of David, what that means is that Absalom and, and we know this to be true, Amnon are both David's children from different wives. And Tamar is the full sister of Absalom and the half-sister of Amnon. And Amnon loves his half-sister. So he becomes sick over the fact that he's infatuated with this woman Tamar. In the story, we are told, as the chapter continues, that he's infatuated with this woman, but he has no way to meet her. She lives inside the palace. She's secluded and sequestered. And Amnon doesn't know what to do. And in the story, he has a friend. He's also a relative. Uli Amnon Rea, Ushmo Yonadav ben Shema Achi David. His name is Yonadav, the son of Shema, David's brother. Yonadav ish chacham od. And Yonadav was a very smart person. He's a Chacham. Now, in the book of Shmuel, we have this uh, type, the wise person. And the wise person takes different forms. But the wise person in this chapter, one who dispenses advice, the advice that's being dispensed is not connected to any kind of morality. If you have a question, you'll get an answer. The morality is irrelevant. So the question is, Yonadav sees his friend, Amnon, and he says to him in verse number 4, Oh, son of the king, you look very weak, you look very unhappy. What's the problem? I love my sister, Tamar. Actually, he says, I love the sister of my brother, Avshalom. So Yonadav gives him a piece of advice. What is the piece of advice that the wise one gives him? What he says is the following. Stay in bed. And act as if you are sick. Which isn't too difficult because he is sick in a way. He's lovesick, as we're told earlier. And go to the king. The king will come to you, actually. When the king comes to visit you, to visit the sick, sick child, say to the king, Let my sister Tamar come. Vitavreni lechem. Let it give me bread. Lechem can mean bread or actually a meal. Vyostoye nayatabriya. 
Let her make the food before me. Somebody maybe psychologically will help me and let her feed me and maybe this way I'll get better. Of course, this is what happens. So the king, David, sends Tamar to help him and she prepares the food. And without getting into all the details, after she's prepared the food um, and she prepares it before his eyes and then Amnon says, everybody should leave. So he's alone with her now. And he goes into, he says, please bring it into the inner room so I can eat from you. And when she brings the food to the inner room, he, he propositions her. Actually, he grabs her. He grabs her by force. Sleep with me, my sister. Don't do this, she says. Don't molest me. This is the wrong thing to do. Don't do this wicked deed. And where will I carry myself? How can I walk in the streets? And you'll be considered to be a very uh, miserable person. Speak to the king. He would not necessarily forbid the marriage. He refused to listen. He overcame her. Sounds like she fights back. And he rapes her. And afterwards, he hates her very much. And he throws her out of the house. This is the story of Amnon and Tamar. I'm leaving out some of the details. And Amnon is represented in the story here as a person, I would say, who has zero redeeming qualities. We have other situations, similar situations in the Bible. The most famous one is the story of Dina in chapters 34 of Genesis. But there, the Torah presents a very complicated story. The rape, of course, is immoral, abusive, and completely illegitimate and sinful. But the Torah represents Shechem, the rapist afterwards, in rather positive way, with positive language. It's a very complicated story. The Torah does not present a black and white story. The Torah doesn't take anybody's side in that story. The Torah is impartial, is blamed to be cast on everyone. Here is different. Amnon is represented as just a bad person. But I want to come back to the question about Yonadav. What is the Chachma? He's an Ish Chacham Ma'od. What, what's the great wisdom over here? And the point of the story from this perspective is that what Yonadav does is he gets David to send Tamar to Amnon. That's very important because you, he's involving the king and we have to remember at all times the political side. The fact that he takes and takes by force Absalom's sister who's also the king's daughter, is a political act. It's a way of positioning Amnon to become the next king, to put him above Avshalom. So the story has these two elements. But the point of Yonadav is that David is now involved. So the reader expects David to act. This woman has been abused and then cast out. And the casting out is as bad as the abuse. As she herself says, it's even worse, she says. The reader expects David to act, to condemn his son Amnon, to do something, to try to make it right. But in chapter 13, David does absolutely nothing. The person who takes Tamar into his home, who protects her, who cares for her, is Avshalom. So chapter 13 presents Avshalom in a very positive light. And Avshalom actually waits for David to act. And when David does not act, 
Avshalom kills his brother. This is the story of chapter 13, and the story will continue in chapter 14.